This is the Mariners season preview. To the one he tracked near the wall, leaps up and it's gone. Goodbye baseball. The most comprehensive inside look at the 2021 Seattle Mariners ahead of opening day on April 1st. Now here are your hosts, Shannon Dreyer and Curtis Rogers. You know, I've never been a fan of uh, being told when it's okay to win. Um, you know, and, and, and I've expressed that to, to everybody. Um, you know, I don't think it, that comes as, as a surprise to, um, you know, my bosses and, and people above me. They know how I am, and um, I think that they appreciate that. Um, but I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. I think we're going to be um, the team that people are going to look up halfway through the year and say, where did they come from? Um, and, you know, we're, we're prepared to make a statement in this, in this division. I stand by that. Never one to mince words. That is Marco Gonzalez telling you, you know what? Let's go out and win some ball games. This is your Mariners preview special here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hour number two. She is Shannon Dreher, our Mariners insider. I'm Curtis Rogers. If you missed any part of hour number one, make sure you're checking out the podcast page at 710sports.com. But Shannon, you hear it in Marco's words there. Always one to say with his chest. Uh, he sounds like he's ready to go out and win some ball games and, and kind of be done with the retooling, the rebuild, whatever you want to call it, the reimagining. Uh, I would imagine those sentiments are, are shared with a lot of guys throughout that clubhouse. Yeah, don't tell Marco this is a development year. <laughs> I'm not a fan of being told when <laughs> it's okay to win. Love that from Marco Gonzalez. And uh, I'm going to write a little bit more about this um, early next week on 710sports.com. But, uh, you know, if you look at this team right now, and Marco was one of the very few veterans on this team last year. They've got more with Mitch back. They've got more with Tom Murphy and James Paxton this year. But um, I think that this team is taking on a lot of Marco's personality. And the first thing you think of with Marco is, is usually kind of that chip on the shoulder. He's the guy that a lot of people have said, yeah, but, okay, so you were the Friday night starter, but you didn't throw 95, 96, 97. Um, I think that that is something that he has battled past forever, and uh, I think it's big motivation for him, and that chip on the shoulder, I think a lot of the team is taking that kind of attitude as well. Marco said so much, and that just made me laugh because, gee, where'd they get that from, Marco? Um, but whatever works. And if they want to take that underdog overlooked um, kind of stance and, and use that as as their rallying cry this year, and you heard what Carson Vitale said about this group being just so close, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that kind of contributes to the X factor that we were talking about. But I, I think there's no question that a lot of this team's personality is going to go from that guy who takes the ball opening night. Yeah, number seven on the mound. He is really the mouthpiece of this team, or at least has been one of them uh, over the last couple of seasons. And, and just watching his maturation from the time that he arrived in Seattle to what it is now, uh, being the staff ace, being that guy who wants the ball every, you know, every five or six days, depending on how big the rotation is. But I think last year, Shannon, when Marco stepped out there on the mound and, and took that ball, it felt like the Mariners were going to come away with a victory every single time he was out there. And I, I think he is, in his game, has gone from a, a really solid option at the top of your rotation to, I would say, one of the better arms in the American League West and, and maybe one of the better arms in the American League. I mean, he, 
I think you play a full 162 game schedule last year. He's probably an all star. Well, I, I think you really hit on something. One of the better arms in the American League, and uh, I, I think that you know two years ago he was one of the few qualifying arms in the American League, and he's really found himself as a pitcher. He's not a guy that's got to go in the off season and come back with a different pitch or a different approach or anything. He's he's fine tuning now. And he's a guy that we talked with Tom Murphy about this a little bit, but Marco is able to absolutely dissect a hitter. He knows that hit zone. He knows that heat map that the hitter has, and he knows the exact spot that he needs to hit. And when he's on, he can hit that, and that's going to be his night. And I like what you said about the feeling that, you know, they're going to win a ball game when he goes out on the hill. And I'm not a believer that every team has an ace. There are some folks that think that every team has an ace. I think an ace is a very rare thing, and there are only a handful of them in the game at any one time. But what you just said is one of those definitions. And uh, I think that um, yeah, probably one step below under my full definition for an ace, but a lot of teams have that guy that uh, I call it, uh, this is their win day. When that guy is on the hill, the team expects to win that day. And if you're looking at it as an opponent, if you can steal that game, that's that game is that much bigger because that's one that's already kind of been written down when you're getting their win total for the year that they expect to win. And the Mariners have that guy right now. And I, I think that is a, an important thing. And when you think that you can back that up with another guy who's got the potential to be that in, in James Paxton, uh, and we're waiting to see what you say Kikuchi is. It's pretty exciting. In that quote that we played at the start of this segment where Marco says he's ready to win now and, you know, he's he's ready to, you know, fight some people here. Or, well, I don't know. He didn't necessarily say that, but <laughs> yeah, that you know, was it. he kind of always says, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He kind of always we're has fighting. that mindset, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're, we're throwing, throwing hands here. But when you look at this Mariners team, how will success be measured in 2021? I look at it kind of like, when are they going to start to press the fast forward button? Or when are they going to start to press that play button where, you know, it, it goes from, you know, this level that they've been at the last probably two or three seasons to where it's like, all right, let's go out there and let's make a run at it. Is is there going to be a, a specific moment this season I think a lot of people kind of look at maybe the promotion of Jared Kelnick at some point as that moment where do you think this thing starts to take off well I think they really left themselves a lot of wiggle room when they declared that this is going to be kind of another development year but in the sense of finishing the development and that you were going to see young players still come up but I think ultimately and when you look back and when they set out on the plan, uh, you can't look at last year as a full year in that plan. You just can't. It was 60 games. How much distance can they make up this year? By the end of this year, can they be where they should have been at the end of this year? And I think that the hope at that point was if all things fell in the right direction, you would find yourself in the postseason. I think the best thing that you could see would be that this team is in position at the trade deadline to make moves to help them go further rather than it is to make moves to help stock up. Um, and I, I think that success is going to be measured in the players uh, that you've hit on enough of them and that, it, that your systems are working and that everything is moving in the right direction. And I think ultimately, after all of this, taking it all the way back to the winter of 2018, my definition for success 
will be is if by the end of the year you can go into the off season and you can set making the postseason in 2022 as a realistic expectation that it's not outrageous to say you know what and that you are in a position to do that. Even better would be as if they are able to surprise, if Marco Gonzalez is correct, if they are making deals at the deadline to take them to that next level, if the rotation uh, gets cut down to five because they're in that position and they need their five best to make that playoff push. But ultimately, every question needs to be answered for them to take that next step, and that will be my, my measure of success for this group. When you look at the Mariners' standing within their own division you've got the Astros and A's which have been atop the division for what seems now five or six years and the Rangers and Angels I think the Rangers are probably going to be the worst team in the division pretty easily there do you think maybe some teams in the division are going to play below their expectations which then could help the Mariners in that regard do you think maybe Houston falls back to the pack a little bit this year Uh, maybe the A's you know without Marcus Semien in that lineup maybe there's a, a little bit of a fallback there do you think these teams sort of no longer being what they once were could be to the Mariners benefit here as they try to uh you know stack some wins in 2021 well, Curtis, you just broke the golden rule of the American League West there, and that is never <laughs> underestimate the Oakland A's and what they're going to do. Well, just, you, you know, know, throw that, just write it. them in for, you know, wild card contention <laughs> at the least every single season, whether there's a reason to do it or not, because that's what they're going to do. Um, yeah, the Astros we saw take a, a major step backwards last year. We're seeing them, uh, you know, Lance McCullers, they just re up, not able to re up Carlos Correa. I don't think they made as tough a run at him as um, they did with McCullers. So, you know, they obviously are not the Astros of the past three, four, or five years. And uh, I think that there is opportunity there, and that's what this was built for. Uh, They've also had some injuries on the pitching staff that uh, hopefully the Mariners can take advantage early before they get back to full strength. There's some talk they might have Verlander back towards the end of the year. He's he's throwing now. Um, But ultimately, they're not kind of the superpower that they were before. Uh, Rangers have got a long way to go, and I think they've very much been hurt by the pandemic and that they were in that mode that we're moving into a new building, we're going to have all that revenue, we're going to go get a lot of players. Well, they don't, you know, that didn't happen. Angels I find a little bit interesting, and I really hate to say that, but um, they've got some nice pieces. Shohei Otani was probably the star of spring training, just absolutely insane in what he did, both hitting and pitching. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. But he has yet to really be able to stay healthy for an entire season. So we'll see what happens there. I think there's more room than there has been in the past, but I don't think it's an easy path by any means. Well, coming up in this hour, we'll have a conversation with Mariners Director of Marketing Mandy Lincoln. Plenty of fan events coming up your way, especially with fans now being allowed in T-Mobile Park. Uh, the opening homestand, we'll get into some of what's going on at T-Mobile Park during the next couple of weeks. But, Shannon, the big news last night, Mariners' decision to send Jared Kelnick down to minor league camp. We will get into that decision and hear from the man himself, Jared Kelnick, uh, after last night's Cactus League game. That's all up ahead here on our Mariners preview show on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to the Mariners Season Preview on 710 ESPN Seattle. 
I, like I said before, um, you know, I, I wish that I was going to be able to go with the team to Seattle uh, on opening day, but unfortunately, that's not the case. And um, you know, this is just another, this is just another, um, a bump in the road that you got to get get past and keep working because, you know, even when I get to the big leagues, whenever that may be, um, that's not that's not I'm not I'm not done working. Um, there's still a lot more that I, Jerry Kelnick, want to do, um, and there's there's things that, you know, I want to do to help this team win and, and grow as an individual. And so, um, getting to the big leagues is definitely a huge goal of mine. But you know, the end goal is much more than that. Jared Kelnick there speaking to the media following last night's game in. Obviously, the news of the last 24 hours with the Mariners organization has been the decision to send him down to start the season at the minor league camp in Arizona. And if you've been following the situation, I can't imagine too many people are surprised at the decision, Shannon. I mean, this has kind of been in the works for a while. And just based off the comments we've heard from Jerry Depoto and Scott Service in the last you know week since Mariners camp converged, at the end of February down there in Peoria, uh, this kind of just the the finalization of sort of the plan for Jared Kelnick at this point in his development. Uh, any any surprise at, the, at this decision? I mean, he did perform well when he was in the lineup in the Cactus League, but I can't imagine there's too much, uh, you know, too much, you know, people weren't caught off guard by this. You know, Jerry Depoto and uh, I'll go ahead and throw in player development, Andy McKay as well, have been incredibly consistent on the plan for Jared Kelnick since the day he hit the organization. And uh, I think that um, one of the things, and you mentioned some of the conversations that we have heard, and we had Jerry Depoto on every week on 710, and uh, he talked about we've been having conversations with him all along. This wasn't a case where they just pulled him in yesterday and said, no, you're not making the team. There have been conversations, I'm not going to say throughout the spring, but definitely in the last couple of weeks, as well as player plan meetings, which all players have. So none of this was out of the blue for Kelnick. And Kelnick, you know, he has his, his goals set high, but DePoto and the Mariners have a checklist and everything that they want him to check. And uh, I, I was so curious to see what the reaction was going to be from him. And uh, the fact that he, he showed up for, uh, you know, to face the media after is huge. A lot of times in spring training, and I don't, it probably wasn't the same this year because of COVID, but I don't think it would have changed anything. A lot of times when players are alerted that they are being sent down to minor league camp, they are given the day or given the opportunity to take the day and just kind of go clear their head. And there have been times the media room used to be right next to the Mariners parking lot where you'd see guys peel out of there. It, it wasn't good. And I would not expect that with Jared Kelnick at all. But, uh, you know, coming in and talking to the media afterwards and and uh, being very level-headed about it and saying he understands where they are coming from. Uh, we talked a little bit more of him with him, and he, he said that, you know, I do, it's all laid out in front of me what I need to do. Scott Service said there were three areas of development. They wouldn't go into any of the specifics, but I have a feeling a lot of what we saw last night had a little bit to do with what they wanted to see from him. And when I got to spring training this year, one of my main goals was to get to know this player a little bit better. 
we we know what he is in the highlights. We know what he is in the brashness. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, it seems like there's almost near reverence with it. And a lot of that's okay because he is that kind of talent and you want him to be who he is. But you also want him to be a part of the team. And that's one of the things that I learned about him is I think that's one of the things that he wants the most as well. And, and he's very consistent. In the, and he's talking about himself. He talks about his team as well and his desire to win. It's not just his personal goals. He wants to help you know, bring winning back to the Mariners and, and do it with his teammates and, and win with his teammates. And, and that came out loud and clear. And that was great to see. And this was great to hear as well last night when he was asked about, you know, is there repairing of the relationship that needs to happen after what happened at the beginning of spring training? Interesting answer for him. We're we're in the right we're going in the right direction, uh, as an organization, as a as a team, um, as you know, as friends, especially just in the clubhouse, um, and you know that's all that I'm focusing on right now is you know moving in the right direction because at the end of the day, uh, what I really want to do is help this team win, and uh, I know whoever anyone that works for this organization wants to help this team win in any way that they can or else they wouldn't be here. Uh, and that was kind of the, the conversations that we had. Um, and oh, I think we're we're all on the same page. And, um, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm frustrated that I'm not going to be on the opening day roster. But, you know, that's not going to stop me from working. Um, and I just I'm excited for all the guys that are going to be there. I'm excited for uh, this season. Um, and I'm excited to learn because this is going to be a big year for me. It's going to be a big time to learn. Um, I'm going to make some mistakes and I'm going to learn from it. And I'm just excited to, when I look back when this year is over to, uh, to, to have learned a lot. And Curtis, to hear Jared, to hear Scott and to hear DePoto and not just yesterday, but you know, for the last few weeks, I think that this is kind of important to note that with everything that transpired from the Kevin Mather comments earlier, this could have been an extremely volatile situation following that USA Today article. And I think they gave him a little bit of breathing room after that. And I think that, you know, this group, they want Jared to be Jared. There's no question about that. Uh, They absolutely love him as a player and and they want the best for him and they want the best for the organization. They want this all to work, but I I think they want him to realize that you can be everything that you want to be and you don't have to do it a hundred percent on your own. And uh, when he was talking about everybody who works in the organization, they want to win too. They wouldn't be here if they didn't. I I think that uh, perhaps there's a little realization there. And I think that's important because it's not always going to be easy and you need to know that everybody is in it all together, even if you are the guy, even if you are, you know, the one that everybody is pointing to and everybody is excited about and the potential is off the charts. Uh, I think that there's just a little bit more kind of development on that end. And that is something that I think I saw evolve in the time that I was down in spring training. And uh, I wrote an article, I wrote a piece about a talk with Jared Kelnick, and I'm really liking what I am seeing on that side. I think the way he handled himself in the light of this pointed to that a little bit more. And I'll just go ahead and also throw in, since the injury, they want him to get a whole bunch of at-bats. You know, they want him firing completely. He hasn't had a full spring training. When he starts, they want him to have the full buildup and then go. I think he's going to move really quickly. And there's a piece of me that even wonders if he will see 
the minor leagues. You know, can he get it all done in the time that they have in between now when they're kind of setting up games and the start of spring games and in the two to three weeks of spring games? I'm really curious to see what happens there. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what level of development they have for him uh, over the next couple of weeks. And uh, just when he gets to Seattle, Shannon, I mean, you've you've obviously you're, you had a long conversation with him this week. If you haven't read that piece, make sure you're checking it out at 710sports.com. It's just uh, so well done uh, in your conversation with Jared. But for maybe Mariners fans that have not had the chance to watch him in person, yet uh you know because he hasn't really played in the northwest so much um just what should mariners fans expect when he does make the major league roster at some point this season uh from him what kind of player are we looking at uh with jared because this is somebody that has had all the expectations heaped upon him yeah mostly from himself i mean the biggest expectations coming from himself I mean, this is a a guy that just wants to be Rookie of the Year or an All-Star. I think he wants to be a Hall of Famer. I think there's no question about that. Um, But I I think that um, you've got to remember, you've got to give him that chance to adjust. I don't care how good you are. Sometimes there are hiccups and there are ups and downs when you first come up to the big leagues. And one of the big things that the Mariners don't want to see is they don't want to see a situation where he has to be sent down. That's one of the reasons why they want that finishing. And I was talking to a former ball player about it, and he said that, you know, usually it's okay if you're a player that's sent down, but if you are the guy and uh, as process-oriented as they are um, and as confident as he is in his abilities, let's just imagine that he's struggling, but he doesn't think he's struggling. And he think, or he thinks that he is going to pull out of it, or he's, you know, the slump is going, the end of the slump is right around the end, the corner. Uh, if, if you don't, if everything is not established, and if he has not been completely, you know, developed to where you think he needs to be, if you have to send him down, that could be an area where trust is broken. If he doesn't feel that he should be sent down, and not only is that going to impact him, but that's going to impact every guy in that clubhouse too. Because he is one of them at that point. And one of the things that I saw with Jared this spring was the reaction of his teammates. And that was important to me because players know. You know, if it was a case where, oh, he's just a young, brash kid who's, who's kind of spouting off here, uh, they'd sit on him a little bit. That wasn't happening. They were they were helping him. They were working with him. Uh, you, he was clearly accepted, clearly part of that group. And uh, I think the players are very excited to have him in the clubhouse and in the lineup uh, sometime soon. So, you know, to me, that's important that they don't have to do that, but you have to allow that he might not come out of the gates as a Hall of Famer. But his work ethic is is absolutely insane. His approach and how he handles himself, both in-game and out-game, very professional. I had two scouts note that as well. And, and I think that that is something that was developed a little bit more, believe it or not, in summer camp. I had heard reports about that. Uh, whereas before it was a little bit me, 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 and look at what I can do and promote me now, promote me, promote me, or lower in the minors. Uh, he stepped into a leadership role at um, at the alternate site, and he wanted to set the example and took that on. And uh, now you're kind of hearing it as well as seeing it, and to me that's a big part of him being so close. So when he gets up, I think you're going to see a very finished product 
Uh, but that really, there are no guarantees there. Give him a little bit of room. You heard him say, I'm going to make some mistakes. Let him make those mistakes. I, I think that if there's a little bit of give and take here, um, this is going to be an enjoyable performance that we watch for years and years to come. Coming up next here on our Mariner Season Preview Special, Director of Marketing Mandy Lincoln will join us. Fans in the stands at T-Mobile Park, what can you expect when you enter through the gates this season? We get into that next here on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to the Mariner's Season Preview on 710 ESPN Seattle. Shannon Dreyer, Curtis Rogers coming to you as we are just five days away from that magical day of opening day. Only two spring games remain. Got a lineup for you coming up a little bit later today. This is what we got, 640 first pitch. Leading off at second base is Dylan Moore, followed by the DH, Ty He Can Hit France, or He Can Really Hit, I'm sorry there. At third base will be Kyle Seeger, Luis Torrens behind the plate, Evan White first base and right field, Jake Fraley, center field, Taylor Trammell, left field Sam Haggerty, and the shortstop rounding out the nine is going to be J.P. Crawford, and it will indeed be the big maple on the bump today. This game's against the Giants, who is... Obviously, the Mariners' first opponent in that opening homestand. Normally, they don't do that kind of thing. They kind of hide the pitchers from opponents they might be facing pretty uh, early on in the season. But poor Paxton has only had one uh, Cactus League game this spring, so I think they wanted to give him the opportunity to face some guys in other uniforms. So uh, he indeed will be in the A game today. Bringing her A game, no doubt, Mandy Lincoln, happy to welcome in Mandy, Director of Marketing for the Mariners. And Mandy, Mandy, I, all I can say is last year when I was sitting up in the booth getting ready to do a pregame show, the work that you put in with those cardboard cutouts and taking care of everybody and moving them around, I am I'm convinced that uh, the happiest day of your life might be Thursday coming up when those cardboard cutouts are, are replaced with real fans. Um, no doubt. I, I, cardboard and I don't have a good relationship right now, so I completely <laughs> welcome uh, our human friends back to the ballpark. <laughs> Real humans in the ballpark. Um, can you just tell us a little bit of the process of, of getting the ballpark ready to welcome the fans back and what they can expect when, when they actually get into the building? Yeah, I mean, we've had... A, internal team working for for months now on getting the ballpark safe and you know working with the department of health and doctors to make sure that we're on the up and up and that you know again this this ballpark is ready to receive fans back safely so you know we're all used to wearing masks that's going to be mandated for all fans to and older we're going to ask to be you know socially distanced on the concourse at gates and then the seats this year are going to be currently with our, our 9,000 fan configuration uh, in pods of one to six tickets, and then you'll be at least six feet away from uh, a fan sitting next to you. So, um, again, things that we're, we're kind of used to, but, you know, what we're trying to do is just make everyone safe. You know, when they're coming into the ballpark, we're trying to speed up entry and limit contact as much as we can. So some, some big changes are we're going completely cashless for – purchasing, concessions, parking, retail, you name it. Uh, we're doing digital ticketing, so fans will actually scan their own ticket as they come into the parking garage or they come in through the gates. Um, and, you know, you're walking in through the gates. We're going to, at this time, um, hold off on any 
bags, no bags, are going to be allowed, and then uh, holding off on food and beverage at this point, too. So some changes, but all the details are at manners.com slash safety. Mandy, for fans who are wanting to get tickets but uh, don't quite know where to turn uh, you know, on such a limited basis, where is the best place they can find tickets for this uh, upcoming homestand or, or any game thereafter? Yeah, mariners.com slash tickets uh, is going to be easiest place. Go online, um, see what games are, are available in these, these first two homestands, you know. And then moving forward, uh, we hope to open up some more games here moving into May and encourage people to get priority access either by becoming a season ticket member with a flex membership or registering for a Mariners mail, um, our email uh, newsletter that goes out. So both of those are getting people a little bit closer to the front of the line when those tickets actually do go on sale for the next batch. And, Mandy, I'm looking at the uh, social media feeds right now. It looks like a little bit of fun is going on at the ballpark or in the parking garage, to be uh, precise, uh, right now and tomorrow as well. We Yes, we just wrapped up day one of our Mariners drive through rally. Brand new this year, you know, we... Once we announced that fans were back, we could, you know, pick up the excitement that everyone just wanted to celebrate and, you know, get excited for opening night. So we invited all season ticket members out today to join us um, for a course around the Mariners parking garage. They met the moose, took photos with him. There was prize wheels. Uh, fans were able to see the gold gloves and the Rookie of the Year awards that are going to be awarded to Kyle, JP, and Evan uh, on Thursday. They got a sneak peek at that. Uh, we've got balloons. We were stenciling cars. There was music. I mean, we saw over 500 fans come out with their cars already decorated with balloons and streamers and blankets and signs. So um, a lot of fun, and it, it continues tomorrow from 11 to 4. That's absolutely fantastic to see, uh, just to see that enthusiasm and then uh, just the way, you know, opening night uh, tickets just sold out as quickly as they did. There's no question people have really uh, been missing their baseball, and uh, I can't wait to see them back at the park. Um, Mandy, are you up for a question out of left field a little bit? I love, you yeah, have no but choice. You have no choice at this, no at this point. <laughs> uh, this is one that I've gotten a couple of times, but... Um, what happened to all the bobbleheads from last year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you come to the Mariners drive through rally, we have Kyle Seeger bobbleheads <laughs> at the prize wheel. <laughs> um, but we've distributed a few with Seat Fleet last year for, with pickup for there. Um, you know, we're holding on to a couple to see if we, we're going to hand those out later this year. So they've been sprinkled out and, you know, probably more coming later in the season. Okay, so everybody over there doesn't have a garage full of them right now. They are all kind of under control and being distributed here and there, which is. Which I mean, is... there's bulging closets. There's I won't I won't lie. There's <laughs> there's nooks and crannies full of <laughs> of bobbleheads, but we want to make sure we're doing so safely. So you know, again, the hope is that a little bit later in the season we'll start to roll those out. Hey, just curious. I mean, you you've been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, do you? What is your favorite? promotional item what what do you have at home and and what is the one thing that you would not part with that has been given at a gate at some point oh, wow Oof. the beard hats are are always just kind of unique so those ones you know there's something fun in, about those that i've that i've held on to 
you know, I'm a I'm a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan, so anything we had given out with the bobbleheads, the backwards cap, the plaque, you know, he's my guy, so I hold on to those. Oh, absolutely. And before we let you go, um, we understand uh, kind of circumstances and, and how tickets are coming out right now, but, I mean, how can people just kind of keep track of when you're going to release more blocks or when you're going to release more games and, and whatnot, and what does that kind of look like as the season goes on? Yeah, I mean, we're we're learning right alongside fans on what the next steps are going to be, you know, with the guidance from uh, the city and the county. So, uh, best place for, for fans to tune in is, you know, on our website. We'll give updates at that mariners.com slash safety. Following our social channels will be announcements, um, you know, and just tuning in to, you know, Mariners Baseball starts on, on Thursday, and, you know, there'll be plenty of updates there on, on the broadcast, whether, you know, on 710 or on route. So trust me, we, we want to get out that information as soon as we get it, uh, that we can allow hopefully more fans in the, the ballpark is, you know, our, our community continues to, to rise back up. Well, we are looking forward to it, and happy opening day in advance, Mandy. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Mandy. That is that Mandy, is Lincoln Director. Okay. You know what? I, I'm going to go because, unfortunately, i got some news I'm going to throw in here as well. Too. All right. Uh, Mandy Lincoln, Director of Marketing for the Mariners. Um, as that interview was taking place, Scott Service met with the media down in Peoria, and uh, we've got some questions about opening day. We will get to that as the uh, Mariners season preview continues on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to the Mariners season preview. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle. Oh, fly ball deep to left center field. Going and going and goodbye baseball onto the berm. Kyle Lewis with his first home run of the Cactus League season. Holy smokes, the Mariners get back on the board. It's now the White Sox 5 and the Mariners 2. And there's number one for the kid, Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis with that Cactus League home run, but it might be a little bit longer before we see him out on the field here on our Mariners preview special. I'm Curtis Rogers, joined by Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer. And Shannon, just a little bit ago, Scott Service, Mariners manager, met with the media, and among the talking points was Kyle Lewis's health and that knee. What is the latest you can give us on Kyle Lewis? Well, Lewis, of course, has been out since uh, the game Monday, crashed into the wall. It's a left knee, I believe. And uh, just following the tweets right here, Ryan Divish reporting that service said that Lewis has a deep bone bruise on the outside of his right knee, underwent more tests. The M's are unsure if he'll be ready for opening day. Now, the thought, the original thought would be that uh, they could get him back into a game last Wednesday as a DH, but uh, deep bone bruises do take longer to heal. And, uh, you know, right now this is uh, to be determined uh, whether he can be there for opening day or not. I will say this, that I think that it was just it would just depend if he is physically ready. Uh, He has missed games, but um, I I think that if he could get into the game on on Monday, uh, if he could get into uh, the practices the two days before, the start of the season, I think they would feel okay about it, but he has got to be 100%. The knee has got to be 100%. So that's the question now. If they put him on the IL, 
they can only retroactive dates for the IL coming out of spring training, regardless of when the injury happened, to March 29th. So if they put him on the IL to start the season, they would be without Kyle Lewis for the entire first home stand. He would return either in the first or second game of the first road trip. So uh, we will have to wait and see what happens there. It's not out of the question that he could return. That's not what they've said, but it looks like there is question if he will be ready for opening day. Yeah, so some answers to the Kyle Lewis questions over the last about four or five days as to what his status is. Uh, just hearing it now, and it, uh, service also mentioned that they could possibly look outside the organization for uh, filling that spot on the roster. Obviously, with roster cut down day being what it is in Major League Baseball, there will be options available in the free agent market uh, over the next couple of days uh, for the Mariners to fill out that roster. Uh, if indeed they need to go that route. So potentially the person who fills that spot, or at least in the organization, may not even be on the Mariners roster at this point. Yeah, I, th- I think they would just look at that as an opportunity if there is something that is of interest that they can bring in and what comes up at that point with other um, rosters being trimmed down. They could right away, I think we're all assuming that Taylor Trammell is making this team. Uh, Jake Fraley has been playing well for the last two weeks. Uh, so, you know, they do have in-house options there. Of course, you've got Braden Bishop, who was optioned to the alternate site just a couple of days ago. What they will not do is they will not put Jared Kelnick or Julio Rodriguez into that spot. Uh, the whole idea this year is is bringing those guys along. We talked about it earlier with their development plans. And, uh, you know, this will not force that move, not this soon. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, there's some good news on that front in the coming days, and we'll be able to see Kyle Lewis at some point in the opening homestand, maybe even opening day. Who knows? Maybe that's some wishful thinking. Uh, but, yeah, if you're just joining us, the news, uh, you know, not the best news regarding Kyle Lewis. Uh, looks like he could be out for a little bit of time here as he's dealing with that deep bone bruise that he suffered uh, just a few days ago in the Cactus League. But this is our Mariners season preview special here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Uh, if you missed any of the first oh, hour, 45 minutes or so, make sure you're downloading the podcast at 710sports.com. But Shannon, just looking ahead, I think last year the, the one of the more surprising performances the Mariners got out of anybody was Dylan Moore and just how good he was in that short amount of time that he played a year ago. Uh, adding a level of pop in that bat that I don't know if any of us expected. And then also stealing a bunch of bags out there, too. I mean, he was he was very, very dynamic when he was in the lineup a year ago. Somebody that I think took a lot of people by surprise. And when you look at this year's Mariner roster in 2021, who do you think is capable of grabbing the attention of the fan base that maybe we haven't really, you know, seen in years past or, or, or just, you know, a newcomer or maybe somebody that's been here for a while that, you know, may take another step in their game? You know what, Curtis, you ask that, and I can think of five or six different people, which I think is probably <laughs> a good thing. Um, yeah, I mentioned Luis Torrens earlier in the show that this is um, a little bit of a, a late bloomer. His development was stalled because he was Rule 5, and you don't normally see that with a catcher or a position player. So he basically had a timeout for a full year 
in his development and uh, all of a sudden he is back and and I think that we are seeing him uh, still grow as a hitter and and you got to like what you saw with him last year at the plate and behind the plate he's continuing to develop as well type rants we've talked about him and you know you hope what you saw last year was real his first season in the big leagues didn't quite hit the same as second season it was a half or it was a short season it was a 60 games but i believe he had almost identical lines with the padres and with the mariners i think it was a 309 batting average you see the approach you see uh, what i love about him is his approaches is i mean he says this literally my approach is to try and hit the ball over the batter's eye every single time and that all that's doing is keeping him up in the middle up the middle and he's not a big analytical guy. And he is the if it ain't broke, don't fix it guy. He's got a good swing, a good idea of what he's doing up there, and uh, a little bit of track record as well. So that's going to be fun to watch as well. So, so many. You say Kikuchi, you throw into that only because the ceiling is so high. You know, MLB.com came out with their kind of um, dark horse candidates for the Cy Young Award, and he was one of the five listed in the American League. So I, I there are so many. What, what are you looking at, Curtis? One person that I have my eye on is somebody that has last set foot on a major league field 18 months ago, or at least in a regular season game, and that would be Mitch Haniger. And I think he, you know, having gone through all that he went through over the last year plus uh, in terms of injuries, just freak accidents, basically, um, right mind space, right Body, I mean, when you've got both of those working for you, and we've seen it during the Cactus League, when Mitch Haniger is on, he is a force in this lineup. And I think he is somebody that is, I don't I don't know if surprise is the right word because we've seen what his peak can be, but I think he is going to remind a lot of people of the kind of player that he can be. And I think that is somebody I've got my eye on here in 2021. And if we're going to go real dark horse, I'm, I'm talking about somebody that hasn't even Ooh. pitched in the Cactus League this season. I'm going to go Andres Munoz, the reliever that they got <laughs> in the trade with San Diego at the deadline last year. Still dealing with a little bit of the after effects of Tommy John surgery. But when he is back, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that velocity that he is known for, uh, you know, uh, and really see why the Mariners made sure that San Diego involved him in that trade. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that back end of the bullpen get shored up, and I think he could very well be a big part of that. It's just a roster of possibilities now, isn't it, Curtis? <laughs> it is. It is. And that's what, that's what makes this can... season so exciting. You can put the dartboard up on the wall and just fire away at will, and you're going to come up with something good, it seems like, with this group right now. There's so much to watch as this gets going. It, it really is. And pretty much everywhere you look on this roster, there is a, a possibility of somebody uh, exploding, somebody that can take that next leap in 2021. And, and if they can do that here, it sets them up even better in 2022. And, I mean, this is a if you want to get in with this Mariners team, get in now because uh, it, it's going to be so much fun to watch this team build over the next couple of years and build towards that championship caliber club that they've really set out to become over the last couple of years with this reimagining. And uh, I mean, this is going to be a ball club worth keeping an eye on for a large part of this 2021 season. And as as we've talked about a lot here today. 
this is not the end product. The 26-man roster that we see over the next you know 24 hours, 48 hours or whatever, definitely will not be the team in September. And, and there's going to be a couple guys in the minor leagues that will have a, a big say in that, Jared Kelnick, Logan Gilbert. Uh, and then who knows how you know this front office will go out and acquire talent. Uh, Jerry Depoto not afraid to make a trade here or there. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how this team comes together in 2021. Oh, I can't wait to get it started. Thank goodness it's just five days away. Cannot wait to take it from the page and from spring training. And is this real? Is this real? And uh, flip on the lights and see what they got there. But uh, we know they've got a lot of good to build off of coming off of last year. And having been down in Peoria for 19 days, uh, that didn't take any of the shine off of it. In fact, it, it just uh, opened up more possibilities to where it appears this could go and, and what at what pace it could go as well. You've got uh, a group down there that is very interesting, a group that clearly believes in itself, and a, a group with a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. I think what I'm left with is a, one of my favorite lines of the spring is Marco Gonzalez saying, well, I'm not really a big fan of anybody telling me when it's okay to win. Uh, they want to go now. <laughs> love it. Love it. That is going to do it for us here on this Mariners season preview special. I want to thank Shannon Dreher. I also want to thank Matt Nelson back in studio today for his help. Mariners taking on the Giants later tonight in Cactus League play. Make sure you're tuning in to 710 ESPN Seattle for that. That is going to do it for us here today. Let's Five days away from opening day. Super excited for that. Uh, for Shannon Dreher, I'm Curtis Rogers. This has been our season preview special.